and sometimes it takes it to another level. It's just based, just kind of just teasing, man. So I just feel like um, right now the state of where women are most acceptable. conversations with friends and tonight we will have a discussion on divorce and one of the things about divorce that um why we chose this discussion is because we had a discussion on black love and I think that when we talk about divorce or when divorce is talked about in our community it's more of like a taboo and most people don't want to talk about it openly either due to a part of their life that um that they don't want to talk about due to bitterness, due to not being honest and open, or due to a bunch of circumstances. And, you know, one thing that um, I personally want to say is <clears throat> everybody is entitled to their experience, but that doesn't mean that their experience, their personal experience, is the reality of everyone else. Um, it goes inside with our mission statement, with conversations with friends, of really being able to have these difficult conversations, definitely, particularly in the black community. Um, and I think that it speaks about something that happens and it's not just a black thing. It's a societal thing um, as well. I'm with my co-host Melodic Storm. She's there, everyone, as well as King Atterbury, who is the, the host and creator of the Poetry Corner every Tuesday on these very same channels. And, um, we're just going to have a conversation about divorce. We do have some statistics and we're just going to have a short conversation on it. Nothing too broad. And anyone that may be watching can join in with the conversation. Um, anybody in the playback, um, please feel free to comment and share your experience or share your situations and share your input because everybody has valid or an input in this discussion as well as any discussion that we talk about on conversations with friends. Um, my co-host, um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Great, great. Um, King Atterbury, how are you doing, cuz? I'm feeling good tonight. Is it I'm hot enough for you guys? Is it humid enough for you guys? Oh, yeah, it's too humid. <laughs> Melodic, I know, I know um, how in this heat for our beautiful black queens, how they feel about their hair. Um, are you have, have you sweated your hair out yet? No, I don't sweat my hair out. I have a natural, so I pull it up when it's hot like this, so I can get a little bit of relief. Yeah, because I know that could be difficult, man. Like in this heat in the middle, you be like, you be like, the hair be looking like doom, and then you walk out and whew, it'll be something. But um, no, nope. see, this is my little natural curl. I wear it the way that it comes, you know, that it grows out of my head. So I'm great, good. Great. <laughs> so, so King, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to give us. Um, just a short view on what you, what you, how you view divorce and what you, what your aspect of what you can do to give society in reference to divorce. I know as a poet, you have that creative genius to be able to 
speak um, life into into words and be able to touch different people. Yeah. So, what what is your opinion on divorce and your view on it? Well, divorce. I, I believe divorce is personal choice, but I mean, when you go and get married, I mean, it's supposed to be a, a bonding network between yourself and the creator. So, and not allow anything or anyone coming in between that. I mean, a lot of times we have people, family, friends, in our own personal business. <laughs> you know, whatever goes on in the house needs to stay inside the house and not be repetitiously spoken out into the world of gossiping <laughs> friends and family. You know, so, and also the grounding of communication, you know, rem- keeping that, that relationship uh, balanced and grounded. You know, a lot of times, you know, there's always ways to fix a problem if it exists. You know, a lot of you have to put in that work, though. I mean, look at all of the elders who've been married for all these years. You know, I'm pretty sure that everything wasn't sweet. You know what I mean, it wasn't all really gravy. They had their little issues, but they worked through it. I think us and our generation, sometimes people don't want to put in the work. But when it's over, it's over. You know, a lot of times. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know. I believe in um, chance, though. I mean, sometimes you have to have that second chance to see if it'll work. And if you try time and time again and it doesn't, then you just um, part ways with mutual respect. You can't do that, then, you know. Mm-hmm. It's in the eyes of the world. <laughs> Melodic? My view on divorce. Ah, um, I can actually say that it's changed over time. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> um, I, I I agree with King. Um, it's a personal choice. Um, I, I feel that everyone has a breaking point. I think that if two people are committed to making the marriage work, then it'll work. But if both people are not as committed, then it's just not going to work out. Um, one pe- one person cannot salvage a relationship. It has to be a, a mutual agreement. And if not, then, you know, I mean, I, I think it's best for some people to part with some, some relationships are very toxic mm-hmm. and dangerous also. So. Absolutely. True. You know, um, when you look at, when you look at the divorce rates, and, uh, and I'll get into some of the statistics. I'll put some of the statistics up. I think that many, many times, and I'm speaking for myself in this, is that when you do get married, you don't think about divorce. You're thinking that this is a bliss. This is something that um, is not going to be factored in. You get married to the point that this is going to be your quote-unquote soulmate, and y'all going to ch- tackle and challenge life together. And being of a certain age now and looking at being divorced um, you start to realize that the certain factors that play into divorce and I think that when you look at statistics yeah divorce most people don't don't realize divorce rates are down for this generation definitely that's coming down the numbers are down but the marriages are even further down compared to 25 years ago and I think that a lot of people, the reason why they're not getting married is because of fear of divorce, fear of um, the unknown. And I think that um, right. 
it's different than, you know, a lot of us that may have gotten married in our younger 20s may have been like, you know, I see the perfect example for grandparents, parents, etc. I want to be like them and don't understand that they may have did certain things and sacrifices to keep their marriage that we, a different generation wasn't willing to do. And then you see the next generation that's coming. They ain't with, if you listen to the youth, they're not with uh, marriage. They're not, they're just fluent with everything that they do. <laughs> okay. But you know what Q? So, um, something that you said actually sparked, um, a thought. Um, my great grandparents were married for, I think it was 55 years, maybe 60 years. I'm not sure on the exact number. Um, and when I asked my great grandmother, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, when you, you know, when you met Papa, were you madly in love with him? And I, I was a teenager when I asked her this and she was like, no, what? No, not at all. She was like, no. She was like, when I met him, I met him through mutual friends. And what attracted me to him was that he was my friend. She was like, and I can't imagine having a better marriage or friendship than I have with him. She was like, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I want to see him. When I, As soon as I wake up, I want to talk to him. How you doing? How was your night? How did you sleep? She was like, not because that's my husband, but because that's my friend. And when he passed away, um, she actually said, um, she was like, I, I was like, are you know, how you feeling? Are you okay? And she was like, I'm just going to miss my friend. She was like, I've never had a friend as close as that ever in my life. And more than anything, I'm going to miss my friend. She was like, you know, I, I she, she said that she loved him with her, her everything with her all um and they definitely you know went through some stuff um even you know growing up you see when they have little spats and stuff like that but it never got disrespectful and i find that like a lot of these relationships nowadays there are no boundaries and boundaries are crossed and they're toxic and it's like you know mm -mm. my thing is you know there are just certain things that you shouldn't accept, but I also feel like um, you see those red flags. You see when somebody is just, you know, a, a horrible person. And we, especially women, tend to ignore the red flags within the relationship. So. One of one of the things, and I definitely could relate to that as well. Um, you know, with my grandparents, and um, you know, understanding his life. And, and I, I was able to really get a lot of, a lot of, for my grandmother passed away, I was able to get a lot of stories from when they were younger. Um, my grandmother's father actually sent her from Georgia to Chicago. And my grandfather went and got her. Like he went, he went and got her. And in Chicago, they had three kids. And they eventually came to New Jersey. And um, it's interesting when you, when he explains, my grandfather would explain his life, you know, he didn't have an education, third grade education. Um, when he came to New Jersey, he was put up, he was put up in a home. He didn't even have a job. He was put up by a family friend who was a minister um, with three kids. 
and he had he found a job. He shared a car with another family. Um, one worked first shift. He he worked first shift or second shift, and the other guy worked first and second. And they shared a car, mm. and and um had four more kids, and they you know they went through their stuff. But at the end of the day, like. He had, like I said, he had one one job, and then he went to another job, retired, and then him and my uncle worked together. And she had a job; she was a nurse. And where I could relate to what you were saying, melodic, about your, your grandparents is, you knew you had a partner. When you listen right. to them, it was never, "Oh, that's my wife," or "That's my husband." It was, "No, that's my partner. That's my that's the person that I choose." And I chose to to tackle life together, life problems with, and it was never to the point where they pressed that nuclear button, like <laughs> where it was disrespect. Even though, right. even I heard some spats here and there, right. but it was never like where he disrespected her or she disrespected him. Right. And um, nowadays you do hear, you'll hear people talk about their mate, and it's like, this is the person that you love, like. <laughs> really feel this way about them and um it's very interesting that people say this Basim said many individuals are in a financial this is not a loving situation absolutely they they marry for yeah. finances and they'll divorce for finances Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> yep <laughs> so i think it's interesting but i did have a chart i wanted to put up Hopefully, without my glasses, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's basically talking about it's breaking down and shout out to blackdemographics.com, and it's talking about black married thirty percent, twelve percent or separate or divorced, six percent or widowed, fifty percent or never married. Oh. And that goes back to what we were discussing about people are not getting married anymore. Well, and that's why we're not as far as we should be, because the whole problem is a lot of these men and women are, um, it seems like they're in competition with one another. And we're teammates. We're teammates. We're supposed to coexist. So, you know, um, most other races do get married and have children and, and build together and we don't do that. It's like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know this, you know, is a, oh, I hate to talk about my people in a negative light, but. Um, talk that talk. It's, <laughs> it's just like a crab in a barrel syndrome. The males and the females are in competition with one another. I don't want a man that I need to compete with. I don't compete with anybody. The only person I compete with is melodic. I want to be better than I was the day before. Exactly. That's pretty much it. And talk when it comes talk, to a sis. when it comes to a mate, no, I I, I want to help you out, and I want you to help me out. I'm supposed to be your biggest fan. I'm supposed to be your biggest critic and your big biggest fan, and vice versa. So, yeah. So so King, let me ask you. Oh yeah, Basim just asked a question, and it's a spiritual statement. Is is absolutely there's no I in team. And Melodic, you spoke about something which <clears throat> I think that a lot of people, and, and I know this has been a pet peeve for me the last few years because I've really honed in on noticing it, is the gender war. And a lot of people have minimized it to the point where 
we are in a competition for some reason and we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be as a culture and we shouldn't be as mates we shouldn't even be that way period because at the end of the day we should be trying to uplift like for for example one of the one of the things is that if 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 we know that our counterparts black women are pursuing their careers as men we should understand that they can they can climb that career ladder a little bit faster than we can right now so we should be a little bit more supportive Absolutely. a little bit a little bit more protective and definitely a little bit more understanding and not allow a pride thing get to us right i noticed that a lot of people tend to feel like if i invest in you i'm going you're going to turn your back on me it's like we're scared it's like we're for people that ever played uh cards or whatever it's like we're holding our cards close to our hand <laughs> and you don't want to show you this is your partner y'all play spades and this is your partner and you like you got four books right and you need a seven to go out right your partner got three you got the, the definite four and you telling your partner i got one in the possible <laughs> so now you don't underbid it and want five but y'all done made eight <laughs> well you know what close mouths don't get fed okay True indeed. Yeah, it's, 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 King, what you what do you think that our biggest problem is with with that? And, and is it communication? It's it's communication, and <clears throat> you have to trust and believe. You know, thing you're not gonna know everything that's in the front line of, of whatever it is. You know, I mean, <clears throat> just like when I first started writing the poetry books, that was like after my divorce. But I've always written though. You know what I mean? She's like, what you writing down now? And I'm like, oh, my poems and stuff. You know what I'm saying? She's like, oh. So every time I look around, you writing something. I'm like, well, those come to me. Like, she did the stuff that she did. I did the stuff that I did on the side. Or even when I was um, working on people's computers and stuff like that. She, one time she was like, somebody dropped off two laptops. She was like, <laughs> she was like you going to have time? I said, yeah, my, my day off. on So I knocked those out. But she supported in that way of what I was doing, you know, hustling on the side before people get robbed. But I think it's just a communication thing. That's the biggest draw. Okay. And and I'm going to say this. So I beg to differ. (laughs) And I say that because you can communicate until the cows come home. It's a comprehension thing. If you don't, if I'm communicating to you and you don't understand what I'm saying, you're that's like okay uh i was i think i was talking to q earlier when we were talking about the show and i said you cannot speak butterfly language to a caterpillar mm. they'll never understand mm. no i so get if, it. if somebody's not on your level if somebody doesn't have the same goals that you have they're not going to understand the conviction in your statement yeah like-minded person you know not even a like-minded person, an open-minded but, person who, but at the same time, who understands, who can understand what you're saying. I may not agree with what you're saying, but I can understand your point of view. But you're right, though. You know, even though I brought up the communication thing, but that's where I was going at, too. You know, you're right. You got to understand and comprehend what a person is saying. And that's both, both parties. When you don't have that on the table, more issues are to come. You know what I mean? That turns into a problem. <laughs> 
Now, so you put up another statement, and Melodic, I think me and you had a conversation about this exact part of his statement that he said. Look, look at this one. He said, if you don't have self-love, how could you love your mate? Oh, bingo. And, it, and that speaks to something that we talked about, is that a lot of a lot of times, people are not really, quote-unquote, in love with their mate or even love themselves. It's more of, this is what I want. Instead of, like, it's like a prized possession. Um, I, for, to me, okay, so to me, love, you definitely have to love yourself. Before you can give anybody anything, you have to know how to love yourself. But love is an action word for me. Mm-hmm. So somebody can tell me they love me all day. But if you're in, if your actions are not aligned with your words, then I don't believe you. You can show me better than you can tell me. Show me. Prove it. Show me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay, so, you know, I just feel like a lot of people are running around and I don't like like you said, I don't even think that they necessarily love each other. A lot of people are looking for help. Mm, Help me. You know what I've seen, too? I mean, I'm divorced twice. One of my marriages, wife had low self-esteem problems. As much as I helped raise that bar of her esteem levels, and comfortability that yo we you good we good but then that's why i said family and friends can be your worst enemy they was shooting her shit down then i'm helping to bring it back up it was like a, a seesaw effect and i was like why you even deal with them you know what i mean because then now that energy is coming into the house you know what i mean and it just helped destroy a lot of different things you know what i mean well, it's so, supposed to be y'all against the world i do have one question here <laughs> Somebody sent to me, and I put it in the I put it I put it in the comment section. Here's here's my question: When a divorce occurs, because one of the parties initiated it, then regrets the decision and introduces the question of, "Can we make it work again? Can there be a true resolution or growth if one party already requested the divorce, but it is now requested?" I think absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I, I think, yes, I think yes. that a lot of times we say things in anger. Um, and this is why we, we talk about the not saying, not pressing a nuclear bomb. You could say it's amazing how, in my opinion, a person can have love for their friends and get into heated arguments with their friends and not press the nuclear button. But when it comes to their mate, the first time they get into a heated argument, they'll press the nuclear button. And I and I've been victim of this in the past. Like yo. You, you, and it gets to the point, and a lot of women will point this out towards men, where women be like, you treat your friends better than you treat your, your wife, or you treat me, you treat your friends better than you treat me, and I think that a lot of times with men, we may not really even see it like that. We may not even view it the way that a woman may view it. We may view it as, oh, she tripping. She just jealous because I'm with the guys. Where, in all actuality, you may treat your friends with more love, care, and concern Right. And feelings come into play more than you treat the woman that you're with, or for or whoever, if you're with a man or whatever, to treat the man that you're with. I think that sometimes people they take their mates for granted, and mm. they feel that well, this person is not going anywhere, or they forget they forget who the fuck you are. Excuse me. Okay. Hello, hello, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> My, if you're if you're going to be in 
that relationship and that marriage, you're going to be there because you want to be there because you're committed and you want to fix whatever problems, you know, you have, if they're fixable. Um, I think King, you said something else about, um, things, everything is fixable. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think that everything is fixable. No, no. You got to want to fix it. No, because if you're whipping my ass, Oh, and that's something totally. You, that's a whole different exactly. world. Exactly, you done raped somebody or raped a kid or something like that. No, that's not fixable. So no, there are not. things that's, that's a whole different yeah. the confines of a marriage that are not fixable, and there are things that are not forgivable. Yeah, but I'm speaking about like if you have an argument and you know oh. saying y'all at each other. That's where I'm definitely. <laughs> that definitely. other shit, I ain't talking that. King, King, I believe, I believe you to an extent, but and this goes back to when we speak about our elders. King, because really, for me and you would not be here today if it wasn't for our ancestors right. working things out, working problems out. Because we're cousins, we're basically distant cousins, and we're talking about after slavery. Right? You know what I mean. So there was never back then. It was never a financial problem. Right. No matter what they went through, because nobody had nothing. They exactly. stuck together. Right. I do want to say this. Another conversation I had with my grandmother also was about respect. And her Wait. thing was <laughs> never lose the respect. Ever. Never lose the respect. And she also said you have to think about how someone speaks to you. If someone can't speak to you, if someone can't speak to you in a respectful manner at all times, then that person does not have respect for you. You know, that's like my thing is if you can go to work every day and you can behave yourself in the office, <laughs> why can't you come home and treat me with the same respect that you did that person who's paying you when I'm always in your corner and I always have your back and vice versa? I, I think but just I think like it, I think it speaks. Go ahead, King. No, just like the comment that just came up. I forgot boy name when I um <clears throat> what he just said. You know what I mean? We are more vulnerable when it comes to your mate because they know you. And sometimes they'll use that against you. You know what I mean? Am but I right I think, King, I, I agree with you. And I think that when we do discuss comparing our generation, the, the generation behind us to the elders, yeah. is that they were, they, they were vulnerable because they didn't have all these um idiosyncrasy is going on they like if he worked at the still mill he worked at the still mill she knew how much he made an hour she didn't expect him to be a giant amongst comparing him to celebrities sort of say and vice versa if she was a homemaker he didn't look at her like oh, you up there cleaning up them people's houses like she just was a homemaker he didn't belittle her and she didn't belittle him you put that your mate or the person that you were courting on a pedestal right well why would you want to be with somebody that belittles you at all like that's what i don't understand like my thing is if if i'm with somebody like i don't if i'm married to somebody i don't want to belittle you that's not that's uh, how do we grow from that hold on let me let me just say something real quick just like my grandfather which is q's cousin I never him and my grandmother got into their little like you say, you spats or whatever. But I never heard them like get out of pocket. 
Exactly. One, if you knew he was mad, he would say this one thing. And I think it's just an old Southern term. They'd be like, God damn, I live in soul. <laughs> I mean, she'd be like, oh, James. And they'd be like, Jadel, I'm telling you. <laughs> and then they'd just be like, oh, they're in there arguing. But if they wasn't arguing, you just hear. She say what she right. say, he say what he said. <laughs> and then he'd just right. be watching TV or the game or something like that. You know what I mean? But we never seen all that found in someone else. Like I said, he was from right. Georgia. So... I think it was just a different breed. He was an older man. I think he had 13 years on my grandmother. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it was just like. And when you think about the things that they would fight about, that they would, you know, have spats about it. Seriously, like my great grandparents yeah. used to have spats because he used to smoke cigarettes, right? And she didn't allow cigarette smoking in the house. And she, she didn't want him smoking cigarettes, but he was like, you know, I'm a man and I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And she's like, you're gonna kill yourself. And he died from lung cancer. The crazy thing is, whenever he would go out into the hallway to smoke a cigarette, she would get so angry with him. And she was like, you need to stop smoking on those cancer sticks. They're going to kill you. And then what am I going to do? And, you know, that's how they would, would argue, you know, that, and that's what most of the time that was the, the main argument. Like, no, stop doing that because, because I love you and I want you to be okay. Yeah. My grandfather, he smoked the white owls. <laughs> You know, I think it. I think I think now, you hear so many people come come and they speak from a position of hurt, more than a position of love, and like Basim spoke about the vulnerability, he posted about the vulnerability, and I think that a lot of times, people don't want to be vulnerable. People don't want to say, um, "I don't make as much money at my job as I want to." I'm having problems. I want to take care of you. I want to give you, give you the best. But right now, I'm not financially there where I need to be. Like I think that that level of vulnerability, that level of being scared, or that level of insecurity, we we tend not to share with each other. And it's like you share it with your friends, but you're scared to share it with your mate. You're scared um, to share it with. I the, think that's men. Mate. I think that's men. I don't like mm. to be vulnerable. I definitely don't like to be vulnerable, to, but I realize that- You don't? Why you don't, not? No, I don't. Why? Yeah. Because it opens up the the chance that you can actually get hurt. But I but also wouldn't that de- what, Excuse me, but wouldn't that depend on whatever particular man that you're dealing with? That depends. I wouldn't say all men are the same like that. No, all men are not the same, but just sometimes on- depending on past experiences, sometimes women will have a wall and they'll have a wall up. And my thing is, in all honesty, if you're really into me like that and you're concerned about whether or not, you know, what's going on with me and you want to see me um, kind of behind a false ego, no, it has nothing to do with ego. When I love honey, it has nothing to do with ego. I let go of that ego. I think that- it's, It's opening up and letting somebody in you're giving someone the opportunity to possibly hurt you, and nobody wants to be hurt. Melodic, and and not to, not to um, piggyback off what you're saying, but I I kind of could see why a lot of people come in that come in situations with hesitation is because to get to that point where you're just totally vulnerable, you know, your heart is sacred. Your heart is should be cared for, and I think that. Like I said, a lot of people approach situations 
where they come in with with ill intention and they come in not to love they come in to destroy they come in to conquer speaking from a man's point of view um and and not saying hold up this is where this is where this this is where this young lady's at i need to meet her where she's at right and that doesn't mean i need to have sex with her that doesn't mean that i even need to be with her in a relationship if i meet her she's a coworker and she confides in me i need to take her heart her feelings into consideration yeah you you quote unquote we all have this theory of experience of you can't be there for everybody but at the end of the day like if you're honorable if you have these characteristics about yourself and you're true to yourself you can be there for your friends and it's it's funny that we can be it seems like in society we can be very vulnerable with other people except our mates or the person that we're courting for some people right yeah, so but i understand where you're coming from a lot though you know what i mean that you do have to be careful because some people you once they slid slide in then all bets is off you know what i mean if they're that type of person you know what i mean so i get it you know what i mean you're right though sometimes you do have to safeguard was special. I think I think that anything. Yo, that's hey, King, don't be don't be disagreeing with. Oh no, no, hold on. This is. I got no, a memo anything behind that's it. Va- anything that's valuable, right? You take your money and you put it in a bank. You take your your precious jewels and you put them in a safe, right? Because you I got a skeleton key. <laughs> well, you <laughs> you want to protect them and you want to safeguard them. Right. So my thing is, isn't isn't the woman supposed to be the prize? Isn't Aren't you supposed to protect her? Aren't our men supposed to protect us? But, but well, Malala, are some of us men a trophy? Speaking uh, to that, right? Speaking wait, wait, no, that. no. What, what did you say? I said, aren't some of us men trophies? Trophies? Yeah, no, all, never, all trophies I, don't look the same. No, I've never looked at a man as a, a trophy. Well, you said. Let me let me, let me ask you a question, That's Malala. So weird. Because I because because you said that are women supposed to be the prize? Yeah. Um, I believe that that is a older, uh, what we would consider an older, a older module. Okay. That, that a lot of people may still follow, may believe in. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that with so much going on in our society, okay. it has gotten to the point where, like King says, no, I'm the prize. The man is the prize. The man is the trophy. And not saying either way is right or wrong, but I think that from a communication standpoint. If if a woman feels as though she she's been raised and she believes she's the prize, the man believes he's the prize. This is where the conflict comes in because they never so had I, this. I believe that both. Okay, so I believe that both people are valuable. Both people are valuable in this in the the, the relationship, and I believe that both people are supposed to be respected. But I also believe in certain certain gender roles. Okay, we got a con- we got a, we got a statement from Jeff. Okay, okay wait, wait, because I'm gonna say this. My thing is, if it's if it's eleven o'clock at night and my doorbell rings, no, I don't want to be the one to answer the door. I want him to answer the door. And yeah, I'll be behind him with you know with the bat, like we we can go toe to toe with whoever. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I I want you to answer the door. Yeah, I hear you, Jeff. You know what I mean, and okay. you know what, it's let a me trust read, Let me read it, cuz let me read yeah. it. <laughs> 
Jeff said, I think that's what Melodic said to it, fellas. When you choose to court someone, you accept that they will have their guard up. If you want their wall to come down, you have to take a risk and lower yours. I, I agree with Jeff Absolutely. a thousand percent. Yeah. Yep. For, for some reason, and I'm just assuming and I what I see through social media, I can only say that after the fact, a lot of times when people's guards are totally down and then they get hurt. Um, and it doesn't have to be that they got hurt on their own. I'm I'm not saying that. That now you understand why their walls is you understand why that guard is up because people have hurt people to the point like, yo, mm-hmm. you really burnt this person. Right. You start hearing the stories and you like, yeah, he did that to you from a guy's perspective. When you listen to a woman, <laughs> you'll be like, he did that to you, and you'll be and you'll be saying in the back of your mind like, he couldn't have did all that, yo. She gotta have some issues, and then you'll be like, you, you say to yourself like, yo, the more you get to know her, you'll be like, she's so dope. Like, why did he do this to her? And then you start hating, dude. Like, you'll be like, yo, he was a whole clown and some. <laughs> And, and 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 it's it's a deep it's a deep thing because if all of our guards are up, are we going into these relationships fully transparent? And I think that is one of our biggest issues because our our elders, like I said, they didn't have a reason. Like it wasn't, for example, you didn't you didn't hear about like. Like, like my, I'm just going to use my grandmother. I don't, I don't, I've never heard her talk about another man, but my grandfather. And she had my grandfather by, I think, a year or two. She never, never, he never said anything about, oh, somebody else was courting her. He told me straight up, he said, I liked your grandmother and I went to her father and told her I wanted to talk to him. He came from a very, very big family. And... They were talking already, and her father <laughs> sent us to Chicago. Like I don't know if it was because of him, but basically he went and got the love of his life. So I say that that a lot of times because of the hurt that a lot of us have went through in the past, it affects how we t- uh, uh, we come with the baggage, sort of say, into exactly, our future relationships. Exactly. I think everybody, I, I, anyone who has been through anything, in all honesty, you're going to have a little bit of, bit of baggage, even growing up. Um, everybody has a little bit of baggage. I mean, some people have a whole, whole lot of baggage, and it's like, ooh, oh, wow. Well, let me just yeah. read the statistics, mm-hmm. and this was a, a study by Bowling, Bowling Green State University. The author is Valerie Switzer. She said, all racial ethnic groups had more marriages than divorces. Other race women, including Asian, American Indian, Alaska Native, multiracial women had the highest marriage to divorce ratio, meaning three women married in 2018 for every one woman divorced. Wow. The second highest ratio found among Hispanic women, 2.5, followed by white women, 2.1, and black women, 1.6. Black women were the only group that had a higher divorce rate than marriage rate with nearly 31 divorces per thousand married women age 15 and older and only 17.3 marriages per 1,000 unmarried women. 
Um, I don't know how you guys feel about those statistics. I think it's very interesting. I think that um, when, you, when you look at certain statistics, it will give you a glimpse of what's going on and why, like I said, so many people, definitely the generation that's behind us, they're not getting married. Um, Basim made a very good point. He said, with the spiritual foundation, how do you expect to build a successful marriage? Oh, Basim, <laughs> that, that, that's another question because I think that... Um, I think me, me personally, hold on, uh, Jeffrey, I'll put your statement up in one second. I think that a lot of people have gotten away from spirituality or, or can I say back, back a generation or two before us, more people were religious. So I think that having religion as their base back then in the name of religion, they kind of stayed together. So now as people kind of, evolve I guess I say for lack of better words and aren't more with organized religion I think that that a lot of people are you know finding themselves free of having quote unquote those ties that bound so so they'll be quick to say it's over I ain't listening to the preacher I ain't listening to the rabbi I ain't listening to the imam they don't know you're a tyrant in my house (laughs) I'm going to say this, Quentin, you and I have so many conversations about accountability. And I think a lot of people, men, males and females, don't want to be accountable. So how can I not be accountable? I cannot be accountable by sticking and moving in these situationships and getting what I want physically, but not being accountable for anything. You know, there are no requirements. There's nothing required of me to maintain this situation. So if I dip and dab, you know, fast enough, I can still have my physical needs met and who needs any emotional, you know, attachments or anything. So I feel like a lot of people are so, I I feel like a lot of people are so free with their sexual desires and lust that that also has a lot to do with our marriage rates and divorce rates, etc. Speaking speaking of what you just said, um, and having conversations with you on accountability and being able to, as, as friends and, and, and co-hosts, always pushing each other to be accountable to whatever we got going on in life, to, to our jobs, to each other as co-hosts, to our friendship, I think that it makes it you have to meet somebody where they are and sometimes you could meet somebody and we, and I shared this with you both of you guys um where it just ain't no chemistry. Absolutely. And you be like, "Ugh, what am I doing wrong?" And we're not even talking about relationship. Y'all too know. No, I know what you're talking about. about. And it's like, but when you get that chemistry, <laughs> when you get that chemistry, You'll be like, yo, I'm as as King and the guys from New York and Melodic being from the city as well. You have a bill with somebody where you'll be like, your intention is a conversation for five or ten minutes, and next thing you know, you look at your phone, you've been on the phone with the person <laughs> for an hour and fifty minutes, and you like, yo, we've been chopping up that long, and we've been we've been building, building, building ideas, building thoughts, and that's that's having a level of personal accountability. I believe, and now you can reciprocate that to your circle, your friends, your family, and then 
when you're trying to find that person and you're trying to get them to raise their accountability, if that accountability ain't matched, you feel it. Oh, absolutely. And my thing is, why do you have to try to get somebody to raise their accountability? When, if you know that if you don't go to work, you don't get paid, you become accountable, don't you? You get you get up and you go to work and you do what you need to do so that you can pay your bills and take care of yourself. You need to eat, right? But melodic, and, and you know I'm gonna bring this up. You knew I you knew you just said it. You gave me the door and I'm busting right through it. Okay, go ahead. Let's, let's it goes it goes right back to that famous conversation of Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin. And go. why she told him it's okay to lie to me <laughs> because he'd been lying all day long. <laughs> he'd been lying all day long, putting on a face outside the home. And she was basically, and, and we're not talking about lying to the point where he's lying to cover up the truth. This child, right. basically, she was, you know, in the interview and why the interview was. Is probably more popular today than ever is because she was talking about in a relationship being able to satisfy and please someone right. and juggle your day-to-day BS that you go through. Right. You know, if you say you had a rough day at work, sometimes you don't need to tell your mate you had a bad day at work. You need to come home and say, today was good. It was great. Because you could tell, as King always says, you got to be able to match that energy. Right. And sometimes you need to be able to come home and you need to detach from all of that. You know, leave that at the job. When the door closes, leave that there. Go home. If she made a nice home for you and you come home and, you know, everything is good, enjoy that. Enjoy that. You have a moment to disconnect and and enjoy what's going on here. Jeff, Jeffrey said, as a man who's been in toxic relationships, if I decide to court someone, I must have healed behaviors ready before I caught the person. I wonder would more education on this lower divorce rates actually, according to lawyers, one site I was looking at today, it said that the more educated you are, the lower the divorce rates are going. And they were talking about how a person with a high school, a high school education, it was like 16.9%. And then the more education that you had, it would be lower. It would go down lower one of the things that I was looking at. So I think that um, statistically, Jeff, to answer your question, yes, education would help. Basim said trends and fads have become the new religion. Absolutely. 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 Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. And standards. So many people don't have standards. Well, when they see that you have some standards, it's like, ooh, red flag. Oh, no. She actually has requirements. Absolutely. <laughs> that, yeah, listen. Keep your grass cut so you can weed out the snake. Damn that. So sometimes, with that, we didn't... We didn't. Go ahead, King. No, I was going to say, sometimes you just got to move on. Absolutely. Oh, so Jeff said no. He meant education on heal behaviors and therapy. Well, okay. Jeff, you're talking to someone who um, believes in therapy. Um but I do think that therapy has to be, and even religion is very personal. And I think that a lot of times 
because let's just say, for example, if I was actively in therapy, if I am actively in therapy and I'm working on me, that does not mean that I should be on social media telling people that they need to be in therapy. I think that a lot. There's a stigma in our community, Q, in regards to therapy. Let's be very honest. When someone finds out that other people went to therapy, it's an it, it's like oh so and so got problems. <laughs> no, Milani, and, and it's 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 ignorant. I, I think that I think in the last couple of years, I think people have been a lot open about therapy. You know, That's I just true. I just one thing that I realize is that I think that a person is not. Some people aren't honest. You may meet somebody who looks pleasurable in the eye, and y'all see each other, and it's a you know it's a connection when y'all see each other. It's a connection when y'all each other present. I think that if he's not ready, I'm just gonna say from a male's perspective, he should be like, listen, I really find you attractive. I would really like to get to know you better. I'm working on me. Agree. I think that a lot of times, a lot of people, they don't know how to play I the long. I think that people are selfish. Play the people long are game. Selfish. They don't want to play the long game, right? Like, I think the long. They be like, nah. <laughs> yeah, I can people deal are with selfish. I'm, I'm a juggle. I'm a juggle my toxicity level with <laughs> trying to clean, trying to court this new thing, and I'm gonna keep my toxic side, as they say, right. I'm gonna keep my toxic side away from. Side I'm trying to be. Mm, okay. Well, guess what? Uh, if you have if you have a toxic side, it's not, not going to be hidden very long. Well, you're right. It's definitely going to come out. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I just think that um, like I said, a lot of a lot of people have been hurt. Um, yeah. rightfully, rightfully so. When you when you know you've been hurt, and and what I mean hurt is. You are hurt, but you have to understand that maybe you didn't cause the hurt. And not having that perspective, I think a lot of times it bothers people because you may not have caused the hurt. So you're dealing with a burden that you didn't bear. You're you 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 holding somebody, like you eating somebody else's stuff. Like you're so upset with how you was done. The joker that did it don't even care. But so you know, why? but you know what? If you love that person, you'll work with that person through that hurt to a point of healing. So every man, I don't believe that every man or every woman comes into your life to hurt you. Some of them come in to heal and restore what was broken. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, guys, um, I believe we we kind of had the discussion that we wanted to have, and we didn't really want it to be too researchy. We just right. wanted to just talk, kick it like a yeah. phone conversation. So we, so King, I will tell you, you've just been invited to a three-way conversation that me and Melodic may have every day. <laughs> That's cool, you know me, because 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 really, like I said, that one of the one of the beautiful things about the mission statement to conversations with friends is yeah. being able to infuse these type of conversations in our community and being able to talk right. with with friends. Right. about situations that you may and may go through and being able um to look at someone else's perspective right and say right. i don't agree with that but right. you know what i'm listening to their perspective and they're right right i was saying quentin quentin a uh, a news article like did you see this this is crazy 
you know? And then we'll have a conversation about it. And it's like, we should talk about this on the show or, you know, and, you know, we'll give each other, you know, our perspectives and, you know, how we feel or, you know, any experiences we may have had that, you know, are relatable to that particular topic or whatever. And, you know, I, I find it very helpful. Yeah. And you know, one thing too, when I looked at even with my divorce, I said, you know what? Maybe I was in her life for a reason. You know what I'm saying? A reason in the season. And she was in mine. You know what I'm saying? Vice versa. You learn from it and you go on and live from it. You know what I mean? Well, so, and that's, that's the best I don't, You know, I'm not going to hold no grudge and all this other bull crap and all that. So I just like, yo, all right. This is what it was. And I just move on. You know, I manifest when I meditate on things and I just see it like that. It's a learning thing. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I know you wasn't a bad seed. I know I wasn't a bad seed. So after a while, the learning process is over and we going on other great adventures of life. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I'll share. I'll share. (laughs) So I am divorced. And, um. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, see, look. Learn something new every day. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) I am. And. I will say that that marriage was definitely, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I learned a lot. And I'm a better person because of the things that I've learned, whether they were painful or not. Um, I love who I am. I will say that. I absolutely love the woman that I have become. Um, It took me a long time to get where I am. But I think that when it comes to relationships in general, um, as long as the relationship, as long as you grew from that relationship and you learned a lesson, well, that's that's you know that's that's what you're supposed to do. Um, I'll, say, mm-hmm. I'll say one thing, just not to cut you off. I'm sorry. I became an author and a poet. You know what I'm saying? After the divorce, see, look, seventeen books in. You know oh, see, right after the divorce, <laughs> something good I came think from that, it. I think that I think that um, <laughs> with all of our experiences. You have to look at it as more of a learning experience yeah. than more than more of a bad situation. I'm quite sure if we wanted to trauma bond right now, we could have a whole <laughs> night of trauma bonding, and we no, could just want, we, we could I just, don't just want but, okay. but just but just think about think about the energy that'll be not only in our conversation but left with us if we decide to trauma bond and carry it into our night. Or carried into work tomorrow morning when you continuously trauma bond and speak negative instead of saying, you know what, King? I was immature in that situation. I messed that up. We're looking at me being accountable and you holding me accountable. I'm like, yo, cuz like you, you, you was doing you was moving reckless. And I think that um one of the things that that we want to do, like I said, with conversations with friends, is being able to have a conversation. Have some smiles, have some laughs, and be like, I was tripping. <laughs> like, or I tripped, or or just looking at different perspectives. So yeah. with that, really appreciate you guys. Um really appreciate the show. Got a beautiful week next week ahead of me. Really, really weak. I can't wait till Saturday. I'm a party like a rock star. Uh, and I ain't telling y'all what I'm doing, but I'm partying like a rock star Saturday. Okay. okay. But anyway, nice. um, with that, any final thoughts, you guys? Hey, 
just show peace, love, and respect out there in the world. You know what I mean? Leave that other garbage alone. You know what I mean? You don't get along with somebody, it's time to walk away. Put some wings on your back. Fly. You know what I mean? Well, my parting thoughts are us as a people, we need to learn to coexist. Um, We need to realize that five fingers balled up into one fist is better than each individual finger. Um, We need to learn how to coexist and get along so that we can actually have something and build something and we'll be better for it. And I think our culture will be better for it. Well, beautiful show, you guys. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys in the chat. Basim and Jeff. Um, The chat allows us to have a, a, a lot of back and forth and a lot of join the conversation even though you guys aren't on screen you guys thoughts or comments are very much appreciated and until next time we'll see you in a few weeks and remember conversations with friends is every second and fourth sunday of the month also we do reviews on mondays poetry corner on tuesdays trending topics on wednesdays and thursdays we do king's pop-up show and you're about to start our trauma men dealing with trauma show back with Basim. i've been a, ne- a little negligent with that so it's it's really more of he's ready when i am and i know he's giving me some forbearance can't some wait to see, right can't but, um, wait to see these men trying to deal with their trauma that's right work on it absolutely and uh <laughs> hopefully soon i'll be able to get back with Basim and, and get myself together and schedule some of these shows with that appreciate you guys remember the best way to support is to like share subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend take care and have a blessed week and sometimes it takes it to another lover it's just based just kind of just teasing man so I just feel like um, right now the state of where women are most acceptable.